Book Three, Chapter Two of The Lancashire Witches. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Andy Minter. The Lancashire Witches, A Romance of Pendle Forest, by William Harrison Ainsworth. Book Three, Houghton Tower. Chapter Two, The Penitent Retreat. Nicholas and Sherborne returned by a different road from that taken by the others, and loitered so much by the way that they did not arrive at the manor-house until the prisoner and his escort had set out. Probably this was designed, as Nicholas seemed relieved when he learnt they were gone. Having entered the house with his brother-in-law, and conducted him to an apartment opening out of the hall, normally occupied by Mistress Asherton, and where in fact they found that amiable lady employed at her embroidery, he left Sherborne with her, and, making some excuse for his own hasty retreat, betook himself to another part of the house. Mounting the principal staircase, which was of dark oak with richly carved railing, he turned into a gallery communicating with the sleeping apartments, and, after proceeding more than half-way down it, halted before a door, which he unlocked, and entered a spacious but evidently disused chamber, hung round with faded tapestry, and containing a large, gloomy-looking bedstead. Securing the door carefully after him, Nicholas raised the hangings in one corner of the room, and pressing against a spring, a sliding panel flew open. A screen was placed within, so as to hide from view the inmate of the secret chamber, and Nicholas, having coughed slightly to announce his presence, and received an answer in a low, melancholy female voice, stepped through the aperture, and stood within a small closet. It was tenanted by a lady, whose features and figure bore the strongest marks of affliction. Her person was so attenuated that she looked little more than a skeleton. Her fingers were long and thin, her cheeks hollow and deathly pale, her eyes lustreless and deep sunken in their sockets, and her hair, once jetty as a raven's wing, prematurely blanched. Such was the profound gloom stamped upon her countenance that it was impossible to look upon her without compassion, while, in spite of her woebegone looks, there was a noble character about her that elevated the feeling into deep interest, blended with respect. She was kneeling beside a small desk, with an open Bible laid upon it, which she was intently studying when the squire appeared. "'Here is a terrible text for you, Nicholas,' she said, regarding him mournfully. "'Listen to it, and judge of the effect on me. Thus it is written in Deuteronomy, There shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch. A witch, Nicholas, do you mark the word?' And yet more particular is the next verse, wherein it is said, or a charmer, or a consulter with the familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. And then cometh the denunciation of divine anger against such offenders in these sorrowful words. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord, and because of these abominations the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Again it is said in Leviticus, that the Lord setteth his face against such, to cut them off. And in Exodus the law is expressly laid down thus, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. 
there is no escape for her you see by the divine command she must perish and human justice must carry out the decree nicholas i am one of the offenders thus denounced thus condemned i have practised witchcraft consulted with familiar spirits and done other abominations in the sight of heaven and i ought to pay the full penalty of my offences do not i beseech you madam replied the squire continue to take this view of your case however you have sinned you have made amends by the depth and sincerity of your repentance your days and nights you allow yourself only such rest as nature forces on you and take even that most unwillingly are passed in constant prayer your abstinence is severer than any anchoress ever practised for i am sure for the last month you have not taken as much food altogether as i consume in a day while not content with this you perform acts of penance that afflict me beyond measure to think upon and which i have striven in vain to induce you to forego there will be no occasion to deliver yourself up to justice madam for if you go on thus and do not deal with yourself a little more mildly your accounts with this world will be speedily settled and i should rejoice to think so nicholas replied mistress nutter if i had any hope in the world to come but alas i have none i cannot by any sense of penitence and contrition expiate my offences my soul is darkened by despair i know i ought to give myself up but heaven and man alike require my life and i and i cannot reconcile myself to avoiding my just doom it is the evil one who puts these thoughts into your head replied nicholas and who fills your heart with promptings of despair that he may again obtain the mastery over it but take a calmer and more consolatory view of your condition human justice may require a public sacrifice as an example but heaven will be satisfied with contrition in secret i trust so replied the lady vainly striving to draw comfort from his words oh nicholas you do not know the temptations i am exposed to in this chamber the difficulty i experience in keeping my thoughts fixed on the one object the distractions i undergo the mental obscurations the faintings of spirits the bodily prostrations the terrors the inconceivable terrors that assail me sometimes i wish my spirit would flee away and be at rest rest there is none for me none in the grave none beyond the grave and therefore i am afraid of death and still more of the judgment after death man might inflict all the tortures he could devise upon this poor frame i would bear them all with patience with delight if i thought they would purchase me immunity hereafter but with the dread conviction the almost certainty that it will be otherwise i can only look to the final consummation with despair again i tell you these suggestions are evil said nicholas the son of god who sacrificed himself for man and by whose atonement all mankind hope for salvation has assured us that the greatest sinner who repents shall be forgiven and indeed is more acceptable in the eyes of heaven than him who has never heard far be it from me to attempt to exculpate you in your own eyes or to extenuate your former criminality you have sinned deeply so deeply that you may well shrink aghast from the contemplation of your past life may well recoil in abhorrence from yourself 
and may fitly devote yourself to constant prayer and acts of penitence. But having cast off your iniquity and sincerely repented, I bid you hope, I bid you place a confident reliance in the clemency of an all-merciful power. You give me much comfort, Nicholas, said the lady, and if tears of blood can wash away my sin, they shall be shed. But much as you know of my wickedness, even you cannot conceive its extent. In my madness, for it was nothing else, I cast off all hopes of heaven, renounced my Redeemer, was baptized by the demon, and entered into a compact by which I, I shudder to speak it. My soul was surrendered to him. You placed yourself in fearful jeopardy, no doubt, joined Nicholas, but you have broken the contract in time, and an all-righteous judge will not permit the penalty of the bond to be exacted. Seeing your penitence, Satan has relinquished all claim to your soul. Uh, I do not think it, replied the lady. He will contest the point to the last, and it is only at the last that it will be decided. As she spoke, a sound like mocking laughter reached the ears of Nicholas. <gasps> Did you hear that? demanded Mistress Nutter, in accents of wildest terror. He is ever on the watch. I knew it. I knew it. Clasping her hands together, and fixing her looks on high, she then addressed the most fervent supplications to heaven for deliverance from evil, and ere long her troubled countenance began to resume its former serenity, proving that the surest balm for a mind diseased is prayer. Her example had been followed by Nicholas, who, greatly alarmed, had dropped upon his knees likewise, and now arose with somewhat more composure in his demeanour and aspect. "'I'm sorry I do not bring you good news, madam,' he said, "'but Jem Device has been arrested this morning, "'and as the fellow is greatly exasperated against me, "'he threatens to betray your retreat to the officers. "'No, he's probably unacquainted with it, notwithstanding his boasting. "'Still he may cause search to be made, "'and therefore I think you had better be removed to some other hiding-place.' "'Deliver me up without more ado, I pray you, Nicholas.' said the lady. "'You know my resolution on that point, madam,' he replied, "'and therefore it is idle to attempt to shake it. For your daughter's sake, if not for your own, I will save you in spite of yourself. You would not fix a brand for ever on Alison's name? You would not destroy her?' "'I would not,' replied the wretched lady. But, "'But have you heard from her? Have you seen her? Tell me, is she well and happy?' "'She is well, and would be happy, were it not for her anxiety about you,' replied Nicholas evasively. "'But for her sake, mine, your own, I must urge you to seek some other place of refuge to-night, for if you are discovered here you will bring ruin on us all.' "'I will no longer debate the point,' replied Mistress Nutter. "'Where shall I go?' "'There is one place of absolute security, but I do not like to mention it.' replied Nicholas. Yet still, as it will only be necessary to remain for a day or two till the search is over, when you can return here, it cannot much matter. Where is it? asked Mistress Nutter. Malkin Tower, answered the squire, with some hesitation. I will never go to that accursed place, cried the lady. "'Send me hence when you will, now or at midnight, and let me seek shelter on the bleak fells or on the desolate moors, but bid me not go there.' 
"'And yet it is the best and safest place for you,' returned Nicholas, somewhat testily, "'and for this reason, that being reputed to be haunted, no one will venture to molest you. As to Mother Demdike, I suppose you are not afraid of her ghost, and if the evil beings you apprehend were able or inclined to do you mischief, they would not wait till you got there to execute their purpose.' "'True,' said Mistress Nutter. "'I was wrong to hesitate. I will go.' "'You'll be as safe there as here. I am safer,' rejoined Nicholas, "'or I would not urge the retreat upon you. I am about to ride over to Middleton this morning to see your daughter and Richard Asherton, and shall sleep at Whaley, so I shall not be able to accompany you to the tower to-night. But all Crouch the Huntsman shall be in waiting for you as soon as it grows dusk, in the summer-house, with which, as you know, the secret staircase connected with this room communicates, and he shall have a horse in readiness to take you, together with such matters as you may require, to the place of refuge. Heaven guard you, madam. Amen, responded the lady. And now farewell, said Nicholas. I shall hope to see you back ere many days be gone, when your quietude will not again be disturbed. So saying, he stepped back and passing through the panel, closed it after him. End of chapter 2